pussy don't give up. Yes, it's time to stop your falling. You've been down long enough. Can't you hear the spirits calling? Yes, it's the spirits. Can't you hear it? Calling your name, calling your name. Yeah, talking about spirit. Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ms. Wadi Powell and Ms. Glenda Jones. Greetings, ladies. How are you today? Peace, Anthony. Oh, too. <laughs> <laughs> good to see y'all. How you been feeling? Feeling good. Yeah. Feeling good. Okay. Good, good. You should be feeling hot because today you're on the hot seat. We're going to be talking about your journey and your path to your present place in spirituality. So why don't we just jump right in and yes. um, have you, why don't you say a little bit about what you would like to say about how you have come to find this path in spirit and you've come to tap into spirit yourself? Well, um, I think that um, tapping into spirit has been a huge um, topic in my life. Um, I have um, journeyed to a place where I am now intimately connected with spirit. I am um, actively working as a trance medium, a psychic medium. Um, I carry spirit in trance. My voice changes. I do readings for people with my guide, Adekemi, who is um, a man from maybe 2000 BC. Um, and he is able to advise people and um, give them insight into their life, sometimes predict the future for them. Some of his future predictions come true. And um, he is always walking with me, always speaking to me, um, sometimes guiding me, guarding me. Um, we're, we're very intimately connected. And to come to this place of having this guide that is in my uh, physical and conscious reality has been a long, long, long yeah, yeah. journey for me. I was going to say, you jumped right to the end point, and we got to go back to the beginning and figure out, you know, you got to explain all of this stuff, because some people don't even know what 
you were talking about, the words you were using and, and what you're explaining, it sounds strange. Yeah, so we need to... trans me. Some people might just think trans. Right. Like, no, trans. Trans. Right. Trans. Right. They trans. Not it means... So I wanted to talk about who I am and what my spiritual path is. And that is such a huge part of my spiritual path that I just felt the need to explain that from the beginning. Um... So my spirituality began um, at a young age with my mother actually um, introducing me to the energies in nature. Um, my spirituality is very connected to my background. Um, we have, we are connect, we are descended from the Shoshone and Cherokee tribes, and we are also descended from Puerto Rico, Jamaica, Saint Kitts, um, and also you know African who um who was bought here as a slave to Charleston, South Carolina. And um the man who was bought here as a slave to Charleston, South Carolina was also obviously a spiritualist because he was a trainer of dogs and um he was um almost like a whisperer, I believe. Um very very intimately connected to the dogs, but in understanding that the dogs were being trained to capture runaway slaves. He eventually decided <laughs> that he didn't want the job anymore. And as a slave, he ran away himself and was made to kill all his dogs in order to escape. Um, so so you're speaking so, of the lineage of your family? I'm speaking of the lineage of my family. Okay. And I'm talking about how spirituality is sort of ingrained in each branch of that lineage. And okay. even in uh, the branch that went back to the um, uh, South Carolina slavery um, the other branches, the Cherokees and uh, Puerto Rico and even St. Kitts, we sort of see these um, spiritualists in the line who sort of knew the old traditions. And so the, the, the spirituality that I practice now um, has a lot to do with spirits as physical entities. And so my mother was really my first teacher in helping me to understand um, number one, that spirits exist. Number two, that there are spirits in nature. And so she would take me as a small girl and point to, you know, what kind of lights do you see in the trees? You know, it does it look green to you. What color does it look now? Look at the sun now. Okay, now look at it at sunset. How has it changed? Mm -hmm. You know, do you hear the birds? What are they saying? Do you hear messages? I hear messages. Do you see that shadow? What shape is it? You know, and all of these kind of questions about the natural world around us, understanding that it looked to most people very solid and very basic, but that there was something else there and encouraging me to constantly tap in and um and sort of commune and connect and see it as sacred um and then um my father was also very instrumental um in my teenage years he began teaching me about all the different religions taoism confucianism buddhism um the um i can never say it right the baghdad Gita, the Baghdad Vita, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I always pronounce it wrong. Um, and um, and just, you know, all these different Eastern religions and philosophies. Um, and then, uh, you know, a little bit of, um, of um, politics, you know, because he was very much involved in the Black Power Movement. Oh, okay. And so, um, so eventually 
I began my own journey in spirituality separate from my parents because I was basically haunted um, at the age. Well, I think it began actually very young where I was starting to wake up and have these terrible nightmares. And then in my teenage years, these awful migraine headaches um, back to back to back. Um, and then um, just visitations from spirits that were not friendly and waking up and being chased through the house, you know, um, having a nightmare, waking up and the spirit is still there and I'm running through the house screaming. And my brother says that he recalls these inhuman screams and wondering what the heck is that? And sitting up in his bed and seeing me run like light speed past his room and then having to, you know, go and try to stop me. Um, and so th that, that actually lasted for a series of years and my father eventually, um, my parents divorced and my father began dating an Ifa priestess. And she um, said, you know, she, she needs some help. And she put some Peonia beads around my neck and the dreams went away. And that was when I, it sort of was a eureka moment for me. Like, whoa, I'm not crazy. This is a spiritual affliction and there are remedies to this. Um, of course, I had gone to counselors um, and I had, um, my mom says I was playing the counselor because I didn't really want to tell the truth. So I put on a smiley face and made everything sound perfect. Um, so, all they, of this, so they didn't, they didn't have a solution for you, your parents, knowing that it, did they, did, did they put it together that it might've been spiritual or did they just say, let's take her to counseling? Um, I think that. Although they had an understanding of spirituality, I was probably the only one in the family who had ever been haunted. And mm -hmm. so their understanding of spirituality was more of like exploratory, you know, positive connection with elders and ancestors, you know, angels, nature. But I don't think anyone had any tools or any understanding of someone being haunted um, or attacked in their sleep. Um, my mom initially thought that I was reacting to the divorce because a lot of it happened um, after the divorce. Um, and I think that it could be both things because mm -hmm. from my experience, people um, can get haunted or attacked when they're in a weakened state. And so my being distraught from the divorce would be a perfect opening for some negative energy to enter. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, so this um, Ifa priestess um, was able to see that I had gifts and that um, I needed to be crowned. I needed to um, be bought into the religion. I needed um, to receive certain things so that I would be safe. So and now, quick question. When you say you needed to be crowned mm -hmm. for someone who doesn't know, what is that? Oh, okay. Um, in that, in, in Ifa, which is a religion from Nigeria, um, traditional religion i think it's also in benin right mm -hmm. um to be crowned means that you receive your orisha who are the elements the deities that be that belong to the earth and um who the the ones that belong to you so everyone has different orishas that um rule their head and i think to be crowned if i'm not mistaken because i have not been crowned to this day <laughs> So I'm speaking from what I remember because mm -hmm. <laughs> I still have a lot to learn. Um, I was told that I would be crowned Yemaya, 
which means that um, the spirit that that rules my head is the mother who's in the ocean, the, mm-hmm. the great, uh, the, the queen of the ocean. Right, right, <laughs> There's right. no other way to describe her. And that um, energy in the ocean is very connected to motherhood. And so I would go through several different uh, rituals and um, teachings in order to um, belong to that line of Yimaya. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so um, my father, you know, it was ex- extremely expensive, I think, you know, at that time, I don't know, $10,000 or something. And he was just like, we don't have that right now. You know, um, we can't do that. So she worked with me as much as she could. And she taught me a lot of things. And I started to study myself to try to understand what was this practice. Um, unfortunately, I didn't at that time, um, wasn't able to make a commitment or received the things I needed and I continued to be tortured and in college um, I had a lot of personality shifting um, a lot of um, behavior that was outside of my character um, a lot of difficulty stabilizing uh, a lot of nightmares um, just very um, very very sad behavior on my part but you know I'm, I'm very in, in in intelligent and so I always maintain my grades I always graduate I always you know impress the teachers everyone always thinks everything's fine um before college though I did start to date this brother who was Rasta and Rasta religion was another thing that taught me a lot um not only um self-love and you know, in, in alignment with um, with Black liberation, um, but also um, the music, you know, the music just really connected and resonated with me and helped me to um, also learn to intentionally go into trance. And, um, and so um, learning, you know, going through different religions at different times, they were able to help me, but still struggling with this whole need to stabilize and be able to control what type of energy is in my um, immediate environment and affecting my behavior. Um, So at some point, um, I married, I had children, uh, and I I divorced. (laughs) And I said, okay, enough of this, because my husband reported that I woke up one night speaking in a man's voice and punched him in the face. And, you know, my thought was, well, he probably deserved it. But (laughs) even still, you know, his ranting and raving about you need to go to a neuropsychologist and you need a brain clinic and you're crazy or schizo, you know, I just like I had to stop and say, hmm, am I like maybe I am like, you know, what what is that all about? Like all these things that I've been experiencing all this time and struggling with, like, I really need to get to the bottom of this. So and was so, it was it more than one time that that happened, or was it just one occasion? Was he seeing it on a regular that would make him say that, or just one time? Um, I think with him it was just one time. I'm not. I haven't heard anyone report that I had done that before that that point. Um, that was the only only person who'd ever said mentioned that mm-hmm. I'd done that. Um, but my mother says that. On numerous occasions, I would come and I remember sitting at her table and talking to her and she would say, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are, but you're not my daughter right now. Can you please bring her back? Hmm. And 
um, I would look at her like, what do you mean? You know, I am your daughter because I didn't realize that my accent was changing and my intonations and my mannerisms. Um, so I think I was channeling, you know, quite a bit without realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that my divorce really led me to sort of try to get to the bottom of it. And I made a decision that I wasn't going to be a schizophrenic and that I wasn't going to accept you know, people telling me that I was insane, that I was going to be a psychic medium. And I had seen um, a medium before when I was um, learning from my father's ex-girlfriend, uh, the, the Ifa priestess of Obatala. And I I remember, and I, I remember when I saw her saying to myself, that's what I am. You know, like, I know that I'm, I'm just like her, but not really knowing why I felt that way. So at, I think I was 30 or 35 or something. Um, I decided to go to New York and get initiated in the Paolo religion, which is um, descended from the Congo. And we got it from Cuba, a line in Cuba. Mm -hmm. um, and after doing that initiation, it seemed like all my channels opened up. It felt like the voices had increased and I was bombarded all day long, constantly um, by these people talking I remember when I was doing the initiation, opening my eyes and seeing this whole crowd of people staring at me and realizing, oh my God, these are my ancestors and they want to talk to me. And then feeling so overwhelmed, like I can't talk to all of them. There's too many mm -hmm. of them. And, um, and my mother was very upset because she felt like, I was crazy. She's like, you now you have to go to the surgeon and they can cut out a little piece of your brain and you will be back to normal because <laughs> something is overactivated. Mm. And, you know, she was just like at her wits end. And then at the same time, I, I was continuously having car accidents one after the other after the other. It was like one day I was driving. The, sh the sun shone so bright that I couldn't see. And I just bam, you know, slammed into this car. Another time a car just came out of nowhere and just rammed into me it was another time I ran into a truck like it just it was like a crazy insane time period um while all of that was happening I kind of fell out with my Yayi um who is um Yayi is like your spiritual teacher mm -hmm. um she I, I felt that she was becoming very controlling and abusive and you know as much as I loved her I just couldn't continue I couldn't be treated like that I couldn't accept that type of behavior um, so I didn't have anyone to teach me and I was scared and I was terrified and I was confused and I had these three little kids and I'm still trying to maintain a single parent household and my husband is, you know, my ex-husband is still very angry with me and causing a lot of commotion. And so I just ran to Jesus and I said, <laughs> you know what, <laughs> I just needed a stable place. And I became fanatical and I went to a Pentecostal church that was run by a Ghanaian pastor and they spoke in tongues and they laid hands on people. And um, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I was um, introduced to this church by this um, Ghanaian guy that I met who I had a big crush on. And he told me, you know, you need to come with me, you know, to my church. And I said, okay. You know, I felt like he's cute, you know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe something great will happen, you know. And, um, and so uh, I got baptized. I was in church, um, I think, Wednesday and Sunday. 
Um, I was playing gospel music in my car constantly. I was studying the Bible. I was cleaning the church bathrooms on Saturdays. I was, I mean, just, you know, really, really engrossed in it. And it worked um, because of my consistency and my um, constant prayer. And um, even I think I would go to this other church, um, I think it's a Catholic church and get the holy water and clean myself, you know, constantly. So I was fighting for myself um, because I did not want to be crazy. And I had taken a step to go into a traditional religion to try to not be crazy. And I ended up feeling even more crazy. Mm. And um, and so. So that um, was like a ritual. You were in a ritualized state where you were doing something repetitive every single week and you were in a pattern of. This is what I can do to get myself in a space I want to be in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we're going to come back and talk about ritual in, in the podcast. I think that's very important to mm-hmm. to many traditions. It's so, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, I started to feel better. And I started to feel like the only thing that I was focused on was the Holy Spirit. And I started to try to channel the Holy Spirit and carry the Holy Spirit. And one day I was standing in church and I felt like I started to glow. And this woman walked up to me and I reached out and I put my hand on her shoulder and she fell on the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like (laughs) I did it. You know, like it's, he's, you know, the Holy Spirit is here inside of me. And then. The woman stood up and and this other woman came over and she's kind of like, you know, young blood, you ain't all that, you know, and she put her hand on her too and she fell. (laughs) And so I said, wow, this is wonderful. We can all, you know, channel the Holy Spirit. We can all, you know, heal each other. And the lady who kept falling down was just so happy and overjoyed and she just felt like something wonderful was happening. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a beautiful experience and it taught me how to carry a light-filled energy and transfer it to someone else and also use it to heal myself. And I started to do that. And um, and so at some point um, in while I was in the church, wonderful things started to happen as well. Um, the car accident stopped. Um, my finances began to improve. Um, I was able to get a house, you know, just like a lot of um, mysteries began to happen. But these mysteries were not only connected to the church, I began to see spirits connected to the mysteries. So, for example, when I went to get my house, I was told where my house was by a Native American man whose face I saw and who took me into trance and drove me to the house. Hmm. And, um, and so I also began to understand that the spiritual space that I took myself into created the atmosphere for all of these ancestors and angels to be properly in place and to begin to work on my behalf. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, did you know when you were in trance, did you know that you were in trance? No, I was terrified. Um, I just blanked out. I was driving and I saw his face and he said, I'm taking you to your house. And I blanked out. And when I came back, um, I was at the house and I was kind of shaking like, oh, shit, you know, like, I almost died. What the fuck? You know, like, what, what is going on here? And I was kind of upset. Like, how could you do that? You know, mm-hmm. um, and then a bewildered, like, I can't buy a house right now. What are you talking about? You know, that's crazy. Like, I'm a single mother. I have, you know, substandard credit. 
I have no savings. Like, you know, that's insane. And then a series of miracles happened. Um, the house was for a foreclosure. Um, I was in school at the time. The financial aid um, office put some money in my account by mistake, which they told me to keep and pay off with my other loans. Um, my, my boss gave me a credit card so I could go to a conference and that, you know, increased my credit score because it's American Express card, um, through the, through the university. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there were like all these things that just sort of happened one by one by one. And then, um, I found this little old man, little old black country man named Mr. Hunter. May he rest in peace if he's no longer here. He's, he was a, a miracle worker and he did something <laughs> because the loan company did not um, understand how I had got. When I, when I tried to go back to refinance later, they're like, you're not supposed to even have this loan lady. Like, we're not going to refinance you. Get out of here, you know? <laughs> so it was just like a, a, a series of miracles that happened. Um, that allowed me to purchase my home. And th those kind of things continued to happen after that point in time when I stabilized and was able to sort of commune with the light with something that was um, a positive energy. It was the same home that you were taken to? Yeah. The, the, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the same exact home. Yeah, I blanked out. I went to the home and um, and I saw it. And then... I just, I just, I just believed the voice because his, because of something about his face was so familiar and I just kept trying, you know, to pursue the property and people, I got turned down, you know, maybe three or four times the banks kept telling me, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I just continued to pursue it because I really believed in, that a miracle was going to happen mm -hmm. because of how intense, you know, the whole experience was of blanking out and coming to and, um, and just and, and loving the house, you know, like seeing the house and saying, wow, you know, that's my dream house. Um, so it was uh, it was really interesting. And then, you know, I had my children pray and pray. We all pray, <laughs> pray together for the house to um, happen. And um, and that it happened a lot for faith, like actually faith and works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having both. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Together. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And. I believe when you have that, there's there's nothing you can't accomplish. You it's know, true. Like anything can be accomplished. It's true. When it's true. you have faith and works. Yes. Yeah, I think that doesn't matter what practice, religious practice. Right, right. No, mm -hmm. it just, to me, it's the energy that you're omitting. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, uh, Christianity and Jesus and the Holy Spirit at that time was yes. something that I trusted and felt like, um, like I didn't have to be scared anymore. Um, I wasn't raised Christian. It was my first experience really with a church. Um, I think that the people around me were so Christian <laughs> and they were kind to me. And so I said, okay, you know, that's a place I can go. Um, and from what they tell me, there's no danger there. You know, of course there was danger there and I found that out, you know, as well, <laughs> but but, um, you know, there's always good with evil and you, you navigate through it. So at some point I, um, I was in church and I heard a voice say, this is not your religion. And we know you love it here, but this is not where you belong. And it's time for you to leave now. And um, I won't say what happened, but after hearing that voice, something negative happened in the church that made me um, have to go. And my daughter said, mom, it's time to go. 
And so for me, it was like three affirmations. First, the voice, then my daughter, and then the behaviors that I was experiencing from uh, some of the people in the church um, that I, I just had to split. Um, and so I always practice that because I feel like when you hear voices or when you channel energy, you can receive messages from many different directions unless you know some it's the specific voice that's speaking to you and you know you have built a relationship with that specific entity. If you're just hearing a voice, for me, I always look for proof, evidence, and logic because I don't want to be crazy ever. <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, if I'm ever just following voices because they're there, that's like listening to all the living people who talk to you all the time. Like everybody has their own perceptions, perspectives, you know, um, personalities, um, intentions. So I, I deal with voices that way as well. Um, so in that case, I felt like all of the messages matched and with the trust that I had in my daughter, because she was very high intuition, um, for most of her life that pretty much capped it for me. So I left the church and I just, um, started shrining in my home. What does that mean? Shrining. I built a big spirit shrine for my ancestors which means I put a table with a white cloth and some white candles, a, a bowl of water, um, which I changed daily, and some pictures of the people in my family who have passed away, and some flowers, occasionally, you know, some sweet food or something um, to offer to them, which I would leave for a day or two. Um, so it was a table dedicated to ancestors and, and spirit guardians. And I will go there every day and just, you know, wait, upon waking, you know, light the candles, talk to them, pray, meditate, um, commune. Um, and that became my spiritual practice. And as I was doing that, I was also becoming friends with this brother who um, is an awesome artist, <laughs> Odinga. Um, he um, was someone who had been studying voodoo. Uh, and the arts of voodoo and all of the strange, you know, or so-called strange um, activities that happen in that religious path. And we really clicked and we would just be together all the time, you know, like at Cosmic Cantina, two o'clock in the morning, you know, eating burritos. No real relationship happening, but just like really inseparable. And as I started to hear voices and messages for him because I think he was surrounded by spirits. He kind of looked like a shaman, you know? Um, I could pick up his energy really easy. And he said I would sometimes speak in voices, like different voices, and tell him messages about his life that I could not possibly have known. And so at some point he's like, you know what, Zawadi, um, something's going on with you and I think you have a gift and you need to come with me to see this Santo priest. That I know. And what, so... What's a santo priest? A santo priest is um, a traditional religion that usually um, is in the Spanish-speaking um, countries in South America and the Caribbean. Um, santo or Santaria um, is like a practice where African religion met Catholicism. And... Um, the Africans that were enslaved in those countries and even some of the English speaking countries continued to practice their traditions, but masked it um, in Catholicism and combined the Catholic saints with, 
the Orisha. And so um, the religion still exists today and it has a high level of connection with earth spirits or ancestors. Um, it um, deals with Orishas and it sometimes still deals with the Catholic saints um, in order to, you know, get blessings or gifts or to make mysteries and miracles happen mm -hmm. um, and to tap into people's information and give them spiritual readings and psychic experiences. Um, and so we went to the priest's house and he was, I think he's a Palero, a Babalao, and also a Santo priest, which means that he is practicing multiple traditions um, um, from Nigeria, the, the Ifa tradition. He was the Babalao of Obatala. And also um, Palo, again, is the tradition from Cuba. And, um, and then I think he was also Santo, if I remember correctly. Um, and so I would go <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> every friday and uh, i i would take men with me because i felt kind of weird you know going to this family of people who i didn't know um out in the country somewhere you know in kind of this uh, secluded area um and odingo would go with me and i um <laughs> and anthony <laughs> anthony smith who's sitting with us right now <laughs> would escort me <laughs> To these, uh, to these misas. And a misa is when a circle of people gather together to pray and pray and pray and pray for hours and then allow spirits to come and speak to people, to give them prophetic messages, um, to help them with their life, to um, tell them sometimes, you know, remedies for their illnesses. I mean, just all kinds of information. And so um, when I met this priest, um, Rosales, he said to me, oh, I know what you are. <laughs> I can help you. And the spirits agreed with him. And so he would give me like rum and vodka and just all this liquor every Friday night at nine o'clock and cigar upon cigar upon cigar. And I would get so drunk and blasted. And then the spirits would just come out like and talk for hours and they would go around the room. It was probably mostly his family, maybe about 25 people. And we would be there from like nine o'clock at night to like two, three in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, just me reading, 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 reading everyone. And they told me that the information was accurate. And so it kind of was mind blowing to me um, because I never really thought, I, the whole time I was struggling for stability and to not be crazy. That was my whole objective. But I never thought of it as being a healing force or something that could eventually enhance my life and enhance other people's lives. And even at this point in time, I almost see it as a revolutionary act mm -hmm. because of the pressure for us to conform to American society and to continue to forget our traditional religions and our heritage and culture that came from Africa, Native America, and um, and all of the indigenous um, um, mm -hmm. people. And so, uh, so that's when I became a, a medium officially, um, a reader, um, someone who can go in tra into trance and get uh, information for folks. Yeah, so I, I, let me. I want to add a piece in here because I think it's very important in terms of um, our 
the merging of our paths, um, which have been intertwined for, yeah, <laughs> for, for, yeah, for years. 20 years now. Um, but at this particular point, as you know, as I was talking about my 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 journey last week, um, Zawadi came to me when I was at a space where I was I had basically put everything down and I wasn't doing anything. I was just disillusioned with um, people and the world and the way things operated, and I was just like, I'm not doing anything. And Zawadi stopped by my office and went into trance. I don't know if you remember that day, um, <laughs> no. but you stopped by my office and we were back in the office talking and one of your spirits came just for like 10 minutes or so. And they gave me some information about I had had a really hot topic thing that happened that day and they broke it down, gave me some information. I knew what it was because I've, I've been in this tradition at that point for over 10 years. So it wasn't it wasn't foreign or scary to me. It was. It was like, okay, I, I know what this is. And the information was on point. So after you came out of trance, um, I don't remember if it was right after that, but or the next day you called me and you're like, I need some help trying to figure this out. And so I was like, well, let me try to find somebody that can help you. And there are only a few people that I really trusted in the tradition Um and so I contacted one of my friends up in New York and I was explaining to him, I was hoping he could be the one. He was like, he's very tapped in the spirit himself. He's a medium. He's a he's a uh, Yoruba priest as well. And he said to me, you're supposed to help her. And I wasn't trying to hear that because I had just been disillusioned. I wasn't trying to help nobody. I don't want to do, I don't want to help nobody. I just want to be by myself. <laughs> and so... Said, Leave me alone. I, I sure did. And so a couple of weeks went by and I knew I had to get back to you. And I went home and I was taking a nap in my in my spirit room. And I started dreaming and I was falling back into this pool and you were standing. Zawadi, you were standing by the edge of the pool. And I woke up all of a sudden like, all right, doggone it. <laughs> I said damn. And so and so I called you and I said, All right, listen, come by my house tonight. I'm gonna tell you what, what the people said. You're like, Well, I can't, I gotta go to class. And then a couple hours later, you're like, All right, I'm gonna come by. You came by my house, I said, Well, listen, I talked to my guy up in New York, and this is what he said. I told you what he said, and then you went into trance. And for the next hour and a half, five different spirits came and spoke. And they were dropping knowledge for me and for you. And it was stuff that all of the trials and tribulations I had been going through, they made sense of all of that. They saw all of it and they said, it's purposeful and you're going to be fine. And I mean, they just really blessed me Mm -hmm. and blessed you. And they said, we want you to be with her and work with her and it's going to work out. And it was just so life changing for me, the information that that came through that I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And so I started going with you to those Misas and then, you know, pick up, you know, with your story from there. Wow. Wow. So we were all destined to be at this, the home of this 
Mexican priest from 9 to 3 a.m. On Friday night. Every Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, at some point, um, money started to get involved. And I was told that although they were collecting money, I was not allowed to have any. And um, I thought that was just not fair. Because (laughs) I was the one who was working. And so, you know, we had several discussions and... And, and, and that working, you know, when you when you um, carry spirit, it takes a toll on your body, mm-hmm. right? So you're getting drunk, you're, you're putting all of this stuff to open up your channels, and then the next day, your body is ha- has to recover from that. Mm-hmm. So it really is work that you're doing, delivering these messages, or the spirit using your body to deliver those messages for people. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, you should be receiving some benefit from that because mm-hmm. you're the one doing that. And so, you know. Right. So, but when I look at um, their perspective, I think that they saw me as a wealthy American and felt that they were somehow, um, you know, giving me an opportunity to understand their culture, um, which, you know, it's not, that's not an excuse for being unfair. Um, but, I, you know, I think I kind of understand from their perspective that they needed money and I didn't. And, you know, um, why should they share? Uh, so I just left. I was just like, I'm done. You know, I don't think I'm going to come back. And um, they claim that the spirits are still going there and still being channeled through other people, which I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, but it's none of my business. And I don't think that... Um, you know, I, I just I just felt like I didn't want to continue um, practicing mm-hmm. there. So at some point, my aunt came to visit me and <laughs> she was downstairs and I was, you know, talking to her and I went into trance and I said, Didi, the spirits want to talk to you. And this is my aunt who, you know, really um, connects with our Puerto Rican culture. And so she's like, so we call her Titi. So she's like, so she's the bravest one of all because she's not scared of anything. So her eyes got real big and she's like, okay. So I lead her upstairs to my shrine room and she sits down and then the spirits come and they just start telling her all about her life and everything, you know, that they want her to know. So after the reading, she was just like, I mean, I just can't forget the look on her face. Her eyes were just humongous and she was just like speechless. And she said, okay. So then the next day again, I, I kind of went into trance and I said, Didi, the spirits want to talk to you. And she said, no, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said, come on, let's go have some pizza or something. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's enough of that. But I think my Titi went back to tell my family members, you know, what was going on with me because I really hadn't spoken to anyone about it. And my brother found out. And so he called me. He's like, hey, I heard you've been going out to, you know, these Mexican people's house and doing readings and stuff. You know, can can you do that for me on the phone? Because I want to see if you're for real, because if you're not if you're not for real, I'm not going to tell any of my friends. But if you are, you know, I'm going to tell all my friends. (laughs) So I'm like, really, really? So I did a reading for him and he was kind of blown away, too. So he started telling people. And so then I began doing readings um, for other people, like really all around the world. It just kind of caught like wildfire between Anthony 
um, telling people and my brother and then um, some people, um, a friend in Jamaica, um, Sabria and um, some people in New York. I mean, just people just kept, you know, spreading the word. And I started to um, to understand uh, how how much it was helping people and that my whole struggle and journey through spirituality had become almost like um, a medicine for, mm. for certain people um, and a, a place for them to like feel renewed and, and get answers and even for myself to get answers and to understand um, how, how these things that had been afflictions could be turned into blessings and useful tools. Um, so at some point I said, okay, I'm not going to smoke cigars anymore and I'm not going to drink liquor anymore because it's taking a toll on my body. And the spirits were not happy, but I gave them no choice. And I said, if we're going to do this together, then you'll have to do it with some water and some incense. And they, they accepted it, you know, eventually because they, they have a, I believe they have a karmic debt or they have some mission that they've come back to accomplish. And so if they can't get drunk and they can't smoke, <laughs> they they just have to get over that, right? Because that's just like recreational stuff. Um, so that was also very challenging for me because it was like my having to recognize that although this whole path was uh, very much um, engulfing me spiritually and sort of taking me on a journey that I ultimately had to control it and make it work in, in the way that I wanted it to work and with my conditions and my um, ultimately driven by my will and not, you know, something else. And so that was also um, a learning phase in my spiritual path. Uh, I should also mention that Throughout all of this, I had been in contact with various um, priests um, of Ifa, um, um, priests of um, um, had gone to a ashram um, to chant with um, some yogis. Uh, I had um, gone to a Buddhist temple a couple of times. Um, I was just constantly, constantly seeking enlightenment in any area that I possibly could and experiencing different things to try to build my spiritual energy, which I think is key. And I'm convinced that it doesn't necessarily matter which method you use as long as you remain dedicated, consistent, and as Anthony mentioned, ritualistic in your practices, um, because then you start to see the changes happening, the channels opening, you know, the chakras, you know, um, aligning or um, becoming open and and being able to give and receive um, energy, messages, blessings. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a, a really, <laughs> really long and beautiful and sometimes frightening journey. Um, I also at some point decided that I would only channel one spirit because there were seven of them. And in my continuous desire not to be unstable um i felt like focusing on one personality 
one relationship between myself and spirit, one personification, um, would also help me to 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 stabilize uh, because <clears throat> what I've realized is ultimately there is a residue. It's just like when you're in a relationship with human beings mm -hmm. and you know the friend that you have, the friend that you maybe the relationship where you sleep with the person, you talk to the person all the time, you do what they say and you allow them even into your energetic field through sex or just through connection, um, you're going to carry a residue of that person. You're going to start to sort of emulate them or have some type of um, interchange between the two of you that's going to affect you. And so in carrying seven spirits, I also realized that I was carrying different residues and that that was sometimes confusing in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and so I chose... Um, Adekemi, who is my main guardian, and he is the one that I felt was very wise and diplomatic, and I trusted his opinions and his readings, and um, I decided to to carry him. Um, although I still uh, pay respect to all seven, and um, you know have shrines for them, um, and sometimes I hear their voices. Uh, I choose not to channel them um, because. I, I just want to to feel as secure as possible in my own stability. Mm -hmm. So at this point, do you have a particular spiritual practice or belief? Um, at this point, I am seeking Ifa. I am still trying to be crowned. <laughs> I was 17 years old when they told me I was to be crowned. <laughs> And now I am 40-something. <laughs> and so I'm studying with the priestess of Oya. And I speak to her usually on Sundays. And she teaches me different lessons. And I am hoping that um, I will be crowned, um, hopefully by next year, into the practice of Ifa. So currently, where do you go to reconnect with spirit or the divine or that mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. um currently i have different practices um i do ebos at different places in nature what so is an ebo an ebo is an offering um it's when you give to these and energies that are in nature and so um i will go to the river and give oranges at the river and try to connect with the energy of Oshun in the river. Um, I will sit in the mountains sometimes when I go to my uncle's house um, in New York. I haven't been in quite a while, but um, when I did, I would try to commune with the mountain. You know, even when I went to Jamaica, um, just, you know, from the car, you know, seeing the mountains and just saying, you know, Obatala, you know, Grandfather Mountain. Uh, Obatala is a wise man a deity that is resides in the mountains that is the mountain um just just constantly trying to connect with nature seeing nature as my temple um sometimes sitting outside and just you know talking to the birds um talking to the trees uh putting my feet on the earth um to try to pull the energy up and back down again um just th those types of things right now. 
um, and also uh, acupuncture had, um, especially last year, acupuncture had become an extremely spiritual experience for me um, where I was having two-hour meditation sessions almost weekly um, with this brother in New York, um, Tagen Yahu. He's at Yoga Tribe Brooklyn. Shout out to Tagen. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's also um, initiated to Ifa. And so I don't know whether... I, I believe he's a holy man. I believe that there is something extra, an extra layer there um, that was happening where um, the acupuncture would put me into trance. And I felt like a an emotional purging happening where I could just wail like a baby for hours. Mm. Um, I was sometimes having visitations from ancestors who were giving me messages to clear up certain conflicts in my life. Um, sometimes I would just go to a, a white space just of, of clarity and, and just purity and just feel so much peace. So I, I see acupuncture even as a spiritual practice and I, I still um, do it often. Interesting. Um, so I, I, I think that at this point, because even my hairdresser... <laughs> So to, to to your credit, Glenda, because I'm sure it's the same for some of your clients, but going to my hairdresser is a spiritual experience because I totally blank out, you know, while she's, and she massages, you know, really kind of, a, <laughs> she, she'll give you a full head massage while she's washing your hair. And for me, the whole process is like, it's a spiritual experience. So at this point, I, I don't necessarily feel the need to go to a shrine to experience, you know, the Holy Spirit or connection with my ancestors or, you know, um, to find God. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm finding God in various experiences in life and finding ritual even in various experiences in life. And, um, and, and, and mostly, you know, connecting in my own home at my shrine, um, and that that is my practice. Well, with your journey and you're so connected and tapped into spirit um, and you have rituals that you practice, what do you pray for or send energy to or hope for? A husband. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing to hope for. <laughs> God, please send me a husband. <laughs> what does that please look like? let him be rich. No. Rich, okay. That's not a bad thing to hope for. Rich, rich in philosophy and knowledge and substance and compassion and love. And hey, if you're out there, you know, hit me up. No. <laughs> now I have just one more question because I think it's really interesting um, with your relationship with spirit. What do you feel or think happens after this life? Oh. I really believe that we are each on an individual path in our physical reality and also in our spiritual reality. And I think that um, after this life, we go to um, another reality which we co-create with the energy and the... um, the order that is God. Um, I believe that 
the wisdom, the power of will, um, the spiritual um, insights and evolution that we um, create on this earth goes with us into um, the afterlife. And I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe in reincarnation. Um, I don't think that there is a cookie cutter answer for what happens to each soul when it is uh, when we transition from this world. Um, but I, I think the learning continues. I think that there are the process of evolving and uh, becoming something higher continues and that um, that you know of course there, there's a great mystery <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I can even really answer that question um, but you know those are elements of, of what I believe happens and uh, well I thank you um, I actually met you through Anthony mm -hmm. and um, had my first reading with you and I, I thank you for sharing your gift Oh. With so many, <laughs> I've also referred people to you. Yes, many people who have had um, lot like life-altering experiences wow. with your reading. So I think I'm I'm very grateful to have met you, and um, that you do use your life mm -hmm. to help others. So I thank you for that. Yeah, it is the single most satisfying. Um, experience um, that I have besides raising my children um, I I absolutely love it and I love to see people evolve and change and have relief and you know become who they're really supposed to be and um, recently I was blessed we were blessed with the experience of speaking to someone who um, defined himself as a drug dealer and creating an action plan um, with he, he and my guide, creating an action plan for how he was going to escape the criminal life um, to avoid death. And <laughs> after that experience, it just blew my mind. Like, I was just like, I'm so curious to see if, if it comes to fruition, you know, because, and then I'm going to pray for that brother, you know, because... Ultimately, he's caught up in something that he does not feel he can get out of. And it that's what made me really feel like, wow, this is revolutionary because we're offering a channel um, of information and a place, safe place for people to go who wouldn't necessarily think that they had anyone to turn to. Um, and uh, it, it just it's just really intense and, and precious to me. And I'm. I'm just so humbled and grateful that I was trusted with this gift and I just pray that, you know, I will continue to carry it well and and continue to stay in the light and bless everyone who comes in our presence. Ashe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is it is a beautiful thing and um I also have sent a number of the people that I work with who are open to it to you and uh, every single person that has gone has seen it uh, exponentially transform their lives and they've gone on and to do some wonderful things and refer people and you know and now it's hundreds of people um i think part of why we do even this podcast is trying to get people to critically think about the things that they do i know a lot of times when people 
first come, there's a little apprehension because this is not, quote unquote, the norm for people, right? We're not taught this. If we grew up like this, it would be. But unfortunately for many of us, we're not. We are, in a sense, brainwashed to believe whatever it is that we have been taught to believe. And that causes us to condemn things that we don't know the origin of or to give it uh, an ideology that is really not true. But when we see for ourselves and we experience it, as all these people have, they know the truth of their lives that nobody else knows. And if spirit is then speaking that truth, you can't deny what that is. It's like, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's, this is real stuff. So I, I think that um, we're going to continue to evolve as a people. Um, our, our communities are evolving and yearning for knowledge in a different way than mm-hmm. what has been traditionally done. The traditional ways of understanding served us. And now it's time for a shift to move even further along so that our children can carry it even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did have one more question about you know, speaking about children and your children having the experience of observing you and knowing what you do. How do you think they are receiving this information and what do you think they will be doing um, 20 years from now in terms of what they have been able to witness and how they've been able to understand spirit? Yeah, each of them is so different. It's so fascinating to see. Um, my daughter actually went with me to get initiated in Palo. And I hesitate um, to advocate for children getting initiated in Palo because it's a very intense um, ritual, uh, a secret ritual um, that um, I'm not sure, <laughs> but it may have been um, upsetting to her. Um, confusing at the time. Um, I don't think we gave her enough explanation. And she uh, rejected it um, for for some time, um, felt very confused about it and did not feel excited to learn anything else about African religion um, until uh, she was, I think, maybe like six or seven years later or something um, in college. She's... Um, complaining that she doesn't have a job and she can't find work. And I say to her, well, sweetie, you're initiated to Mama Chola, which is um, similar to Oshun, which is the energy of the sweet water, which is uh, wealth, prosperity, and love. And you need to go and talk to your mother and tell her that you need a job and give her some oranges and some honey and pray that you get a job. And she said, oh, and... You know, I had left her alone because I, after doing the initiation, I realized, oh man, you know, <laughs> maybe my father told me don't do that. And I didn't listen. And, um, and I, I had kind of left her alone until that, that, that point. And she said, okay, I'll do it. I'll try. And she went and she offered to the river and she prayed and she said, but mom, I didn't have oranges, but I just put avocados. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? What kind of crazy child are you? You know, like I told you what to do, and you. But lo and behold, you know, like four days later, 
she gets a phone call and she gets a job. Mm-hmm. And so she um she believes now that um that these traditions are real and that these entities are real um and she does commune with them sometimes but I think that she um sort of shies away from the practice of it and uh really is sort of um much more on the on this earth much more involved in what's happening socially and you know with the fashion world and you know trying to find money and uh, do those things yeah um, yeah she's, she's young she's, yeah she's a yeah. college girl um but you know it, it has influenced her a lot and she has had readings with my guide um where you know she felt like he gave her great insight and has actually called to ask for readings at times um so that you know i think it's been helpful for the most part in her life um and then my sons and i think i think the intention you know with the avocados instead of the oranges her intentions were pure. Right. So a lot of times we get caught up into the specifics of a thing. Right. But I think what I've come to find is that if the intentions are pure, spirit knows the intention. Right. And you can substitute anything mm-hmm. within reason mm-hmm. if you are putting that prayer out and saying right. this is what you want to manifest. Right. right. And making contact because I always tell people who ask me about um, what I do is that you can totally go and be dumping fruit in the river and not have any connection right. with anything. Absolutely. That's <laughs> what I'm you're saying. Just, you know, yes. like fooling yourself, it's like the prayer intention. and the intention and the ability to right. channel energy and connect with that energy that is in that natural source is, is the key to all of it. Right. So apparently whatever she said or whatever she did, she was able to connect and receive, um, gifts Mm-hmm. Um, and give gifts. Good. So, um, so my son is 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 also different. Um, he is fascinated. Anytime he hears me giving a reading, he is sitting there soaking up every single thing that is being said. He is uh, also repeating <laughs> some of the ideas and um, information that my guide shares with people. Um, he is also randomly putting food on my shrine, you know, from the bottom of his heart, you know, here, you know, my ancestors, I love you. Um, he is, um, he really, really seems to be fascinated and, and he's also a medium. And so I have at times, um, I remember one day I was yelling at him. I said, boy, I told you to wash those dishes. You didn't wash the dishes. I'm so tired of you. You know, you, you go in the kitchen, you eat everything and you leave the dishes for me to clean and he went into trance and he said, I don't know why you are talking to me like that, but I do not agree because I am not. And I said, what? And I looked at him and I said, look, I don't know who you are, but I'm talking to my son and you need to get out. <laughs> and he shook his head and he said, mom, 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 I'm sorry, mom. I- I'll wash the dishes off. <laughs> And so, tried. It didn't work, but I'm going like, who is that? A Czechoslovakian or like I don't know what kind of Romanian spirit he's carrying. <laughs> but I am so happy and like grateful that him being a medium has not come with the haunting and the trauma and the attacks that I experienced. And so, in some way, I almost feel as though one family member 
cleaning up the spirit realm mm-hmm. and going through to purify and seek, you know, stability, enlightenment to cover themselves in um, light. Uh, it, it, it assists everyone else in the line. Sure. Yes. And, um, Seven generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm so grateful that I don't have to deal with, you know, helping him to learn how to battle or fight off, um, you know, negative energies and that he just has to choose which way he's going to use to channel his gift. Um, and then my youngest son, he's just simply psychic. Um, he thinks that I'm really cool and weird. And he's also really cool and weird. He has green dreadlocks. Uh, he's an artist. Um, he is. Um, he just. He just occasionally just comes and tells the future. And so <laughs> he just. You know, he would just come and tell me, um, Mom, you shouldn't go there because uh, it's not going to be good for you. Something bad is going to happen. And then you find out there was a car accident. You know, like Mm. he just has these premonitions. um, And so I always take his advice. But in terms of formally um, practicing anything, he has no interest whatsoever. Um, He's really into the arts, music, um, and, um, and, you know, just a creative so I, I suspect that he will um, channel because he's he's a, he's a channel, but it will happen more in the creative realm uh-huh. than um, actual, mm-hmm. you know, religious practice. And I yeah. think that's a religion as well. Yes, absolutely. I really do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I'm lucky because my whole family embraces me. Um, most of my family, there are some family members who do not. Um, and usually they're Christians. And so I've had to really come to terms with the fact that you know, I had a positive experience with Christianity and I have love for Christianity, but Christianity does not necessarily love me. And mm. that has been very hard, very difficult. Um, it has affected my children because um, at times my daughter in particular has been embarrassed um, to bring her friends to the house because they might see the shrines, um, you know, to not let people too close because of this perception that Christianity has that. You know, I'm carrying demons or I'm committing right. sins. Right. Um, so that that has been hard when it comes to family and, and even with my children. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully people can recognize the actions and the consistency of good behavior over time mm-hmm. and allow the dissonance to ha- help them change and not mm-hmm. stay in a space of judgment and not love that's one of the the i shake my head at the how people can raise the bible or raise any holy book and talk about the values of love and do just the opposite of that mm-hmm. that that continues to befuddle me uh on a daily basis but that's another podcast that <laughs> we'll we'll get into and talk about um the consistency of our actions and behaviors um I just want to give a shout out to the Association of Black Psychologists. Um, well, one big part of what we do every year is um, I have been able to work with um, Anthony Smith and a couple of other psychologists um, where I would give a spiritual reading and then um, the person would receive the information and then they would integrate it into this, the therapy because if the if the information that the spirit gave was correct, then the person had the choice to go back to their therapist and ask for help with these particular issues. Um, so Anthony, 
Dr. Smith also took me and Adekemi to the Association of Black Psychologists Conferences. I think it's been four years now. Mm -hmm. um, every year for four years now, we've been going and giving talks about this method of healing. And Adekemi, the spirit shows up um, sometimes uh, to, to, well, every time to address the crowd. The last, and last to, two times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been only the last two times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and um, I have never felt so substantiated, embraced, uh, respected, um, affirmed. Um, since I've been doing this as I do when I go to those conferences. So I, I just want to say thank you and um, express how important it is for healers to support each other and to um, to connect and understand the different ways that people can heal and grow. And I think that the Association for Black Psychologists is a really huge part of my development and has really blessed me in, in just accepting me and, and celebrating me. Um, in certain ways. Mm -hmm. So how can someone reach you if they would like to connect with you? Um, I have a website. It is um, Higher Assistance is the name of, of our company. Um, so we're at www.higherassistance.com um, and it's just Higher Assistance. <laughs> um, and also that's the email, higherassistance at gmail.com. You can um, book and schedule on the website um, we do ask that people put a referral um, because we do not accept all people who come. <laughs> We're, we are discerning in who we read um, just because it, again, you know, who you connect with, you you, you will receive a residue of that mm -hmm. connection. And so I am careful. Um, I generally try not to um, counsel people who have any severe um, physical ailments because they have that energy has affected me before. Um, I, I, I refer them to Reiki practitioners and you know other healers. Um, I don't think that this method is necessarily the best um, remedy for them. Um, I also um, try not to um, read people who don't believe, um, people who are just coming to experiment. I, I really don't um, resonate with that. So, um, I um you know I, I am discerning in who I read so uh, we do ask for a referral and um, I will you know email back and forth quite a bit before I decide to read someone. Okay, good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing and allowing us to peer into your journey. I think it's very helpful. I've learned a lot that I didn't know even though I've known you for 20 years. And I'm sure that there are many people who will be able to vibe with some of the things that you said and some of the things that you shared. And it will help normalize for them and give them voice to speak their truth. Absolutely. And not feel like that they need to keep it in because nobody will understand. Absolutely. Um, and that's a large part of why we're even doing this podcast. So right. that, you know, there are people, there are many, many people out there who feel like nobody understands and, we're here to say, yeah, somebody does, mm -hmm. and many bodies do, mm -hmm. and we're going to do continue to do work to normalize it and make it um, just a part of who we are and what it is that we do. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for all that you've offered. And next up, we will have Miss <laughs> Glenda, Glenda Jones. Jones. <laughs> 
Uh, next week, we'll have her story, Yay. which is remarkable in and of itself as well. <laughs> so, until then, don't be afraid of change or learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, and continue to thrive. Peace. Peace. Spirit don't give up. Yes, it's time to stop your falling. You've been down long enough. Can't you hear the spirits calling? Yes, it's the spirits. Can't you hear it? Calling your name, calling your name. Yeah, talking about spirit.